caution. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston Country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. I think you called me a liar on national TV. What? I think you called me a liar on national TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion? We'll have that discussion. You called me. You told me. The fact that Warren snubbed Bernie in such a public way, he, he genuinely looked hurt. And then Tom Steyer came in the middle like, hey, guys, you're on camera. Break it up. Warren didn't care. She was pissed, angry, vitriol on her. And that's okay. It's okay for a woman to be angry. I mean, she certainly is all the time. And I uh, noticed that during that exchange where they asked if Bernie said, you know, can a woman be president? That in fact, you know, Bernie gave a very natural to me looking response like, you know, I didn't say that. I would never say that, right? Warren, on the other hand, if you look, she goes to her nose twice with her finger. It's a telltale sign of a lie. She does it twice. She looks away, although she's always looking away and blinking. So I don't know how much that can play into it. Going to the nose twice. I don't know. I don't trust her. No, I don't trust her. I don't trust Warren at all. I think Bernie supporters, though, um, I mean, they're in a real bind right now because people seem to be giving Warren the benefit of the doubt on this one, you know, given the Me Too culture. I think it's pretty mental in that Warren is the only one who's on record as a liar. Whenever somebody on the right talks about, let's say, bringing the troops home from the Middle East, or domestic issues, and they happen to be a guy, and God forbid they happen to be a white guy, suddenly you're a white nationalist. That's what they label you, a white nationalist. We kind of see that happening with the Bernie bros. Now they're labeling Bernie bros as deplorables and trying to slander Bernie Sanders that way. Why do I care? Well, I just don't like to see that happen to anybody because it's not fair because he actually is, of all the candidates yesterday on that debate stage, he had more energy than all of them put together, even post heart attack. And he has more charisma. He's an old man, but I mean, there's something about it and he would be a worthy opponent. Okay, do I have to say Trump 2020, Trump 2020? But I'm saying he would be a worthy opponent. And don't you want a worthy opponent? It makes you better. It makes the game better. It makes people watching have a better time. I mean, everybody um, advances and is benefited by having two strong candidates running for president of the United States. And it seems like the Democrats are hell-bent on getting in the way of that natural process and putting forward people that are inauthentic. I mean, Bloomberg and Biden and Steyer's like the West Coast Bloomberg and Pete Buttigieg is like the infant Dukakis. Klobuchar is like your best friend's little sister from high school. 
who always wanted to be included in everything. And it just, come on, Klobuchar, you're not invited. This is Kingston Country. Hi, thanks for calling the Dan Kingston podcast. Can I have your first name and the city you're calling from? Yeah, Houston, Texas, man. It's your buddy, uh, Clever One Local 3D from uh, Twitter. My name's Chad. Chad, what is the topic you'd like to talk about, Chad? Uh, you said impeachment. Let's go with it. Nancy Pelosi, she didn't trip. I, I don't I think she's okay. Last time I looked, yeah, I yeah, wondered what would hip. happen if she fell and she broke a hip or something, because they seem to have a procedure for everything, but there's no process. Uh, well, I mean, the, the whole thing's not all that well spelled out in the Constitution to begin with, but uh, I mean, everyone's agreeing that she lost this gambit holding on to it for, what, three weeks now, and... Um, I'm sure someone would have walked it over there, but this, this whole thing's ridiculous. And this is why our president's great. I mean, while this was going on, he's signing a trade deal with China. So are you supportive of that trade deal? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they say it's phase one who gets more done later, but, uh, I mean, he's making progress. If I were him, I just ignore the whole thing. I mean, even the leftists on CNN are saying that it's better than what we had before. What was the most fascinating part of the debate last night for you? I, I don't know if you caught any of it. For me, it was this. Not, it was after. Yeah, right. I, so, what did you make of that? Who's who's telling the you truth? You called me a liar on national TV. <laughs> yeah, you did. I guarantee you, what probably happened in that discussion, like uh, what was it at the beginning of the campaign? They had this closed door discussion with two other people in here, and somehow there's four witnesses to it. I guarantee it. Supposedly he said something and I, I'm not a Bernie fan by any stretch. Like I would probably actually move. Um, I guarantee he said something about identity politics. He's got a problem with that. He was like, we don't need to have this, you know, I'm a woman, I'm this color, I'm this race, I'm this religion, whatever. Which is a hundred percent right on that to mean. Right. And so she bent it out of shape. She's known for, you know, well, what, one 1,024 Native American? I mean, she went to her nose twice. I don't know if you saw that. Mm -hmm. It's a telltale lie, right? When someone goes to their right. nose and she did it twice during the exchange, she's looking away, she's blinking. I'm just looking at it and I'm saying, who looks honest? And there's one person who's on record as a liar. Right. Yeah. The other thing I'm thinking, I'm going to have to go back and watch that again. There's some sort of thing. My, my dad was an FBI agent. He used to tell me when someone moves their eyes, I can't remember if it's to the left or the right. One side, you're accessing your memory, and the other side, you're, you're sort of fabricating so something. So if you like look going into up, you're accessing stuff. memory. But she was looking okay. down, and she's averting her gaze yeah. and blinking and going to her nose. And then they all afterwards, they take her side like he's the big bad wolf, and it's a brainwashing attempt. They're well, they did that on TV, on, on Twitter. It was a whole different story. I mean, the, the people crushed. Mm. They, right. I mean, never Warren was trending for a while. All Elizabeth is a snake, like all sorts of things. I, I know a lawyer down here in Houston who used to teach with her in a law school and they taught the same classes. Uh, the woman I'm talking about is she's actually a, GOP activist now. She worked on a couple of campaigns or congressmen, you probably know. But um, she said like she was the worst teacher she'd ever seen. And it got to the point where my friend's classes would fill up and they were having to like forcibly move people into Elizabeth Warren's class. She's just the dumbest person. Mm. But um, I couldn't take her for a second. She looks like the worst 
most horrible. I mean, could you imagine having her as president? You just want to shoot yourself. It would just be uh, uh, just a, a nightmare, like uh, nails on a chalkboard the entire time. Oh, absolutely. I would just think, I mean, for, coming from that point of view on that side of the aisle, um, I mean, how old is Bernie Sanders? Oh, well, and he's, how I mean, is that he, guy? The, the crazy thing is that with a heart attack, he has more energy than all the rest of them put together. And so I, I don't understand that. And I don't understand why he's going to be pushed out and sidelined because, you know, the truth is, Chad, exactly you know, I'm a sports uh, a player, you know, in the past. And I say that it's no fun if you don't have a worthy opponent. I mean, what do you, you don't want to, oh, you don't want to run against a wimp. I'm saying, look, mm-hmm. the Democrats should just nominate their strongest person, but they're all focused on race and, and gender and they're so confused. That, but the DNC does its own thing. I mean, you remember back in 2016, I think some of that might have to do with the fact that Bernie's an independent. He doesn't pay dues to the party. He doesn't really, I mean, only in election years, he, he kind of, he switches over and officially becomes a Democrat. That's the same thing. It just happened with uh, AOC, that, that crazy person. Uh, she, um, she stopped paying her dues to the DNC, and now she wants to found. It's called, like, the progressive parties. That's something even worse. Um, but now they're talking about New York's going to lose a seat, and they're going to, like, just draw her district out. Like, she won't even have to be defeated in an election. They're just going to get that. rid of her. That would be hilarious. That would uh, be no, but the DNC is all about loyalty and scratch. I mean, they have super delegates. They have a party, you know, VIPs that can vote for anybody they want. I think it's what twenty one hundred votes, and seven hundred of those are are the party, you know, vote holders. Mm. That you know, if that's not anti democratic, I mean. I got to ask you, because I ran a poll about yeah. extraterrestrials in our government, and I can't help but look that way. But the poll mm-hmm. shows that it's about split. I mean, people seem to think either it's zero or it's all of them. You hear stories, you want to believe them. I mean, I think they've got stuff for sure. Like, things like zero point energy, if you look into that and things like that, like the whole area 51 have, you know, do we have these crashed ships or whatever? We might, I mean, there's things kind of pop out of nowhere technology wise. I mean, it wouldn't do the world any favors if all of a sudden you could carry around something a little larger than a backpack and have free unlimited energy. I mean, there's all sorts of things. I mean, after we have like, basically and the nazis are still up there and we have this program called solar warden that you know controls alien traffic in and out of the solar system and i mean who knows? if it came out and we had it i wouldn't be surprised i mean when's but jfk then, coming back he's supposed to be vice president right right yeah um yeah supposedly our moon base though was built by the nazis and it was like in the shape of swastika and we took it over and kind of built it out a little bit to kind of obscure that nice Hell. touch but um <laughs> i mean anything could be true at this point so i mean they'd say the world is flat but i say it's probably 3d printed if you look at the mountain strata it's pretty obvious well that's what i do for a living so yeah i mean it definitely could be <laughs> what's your take on that have you ever flown an airplane and seen how the mountains look like they're all layered Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah, it's geological strata. But um, that's not yeah, that can't, that's not evidence of a giant alien three D printed world. 
it could be. I mean, why can you draw a line on a certain parallel around the world and there's pyramids in places where humans could have never contacted each other all around the world? I mean, it's, it, there's all sorts of unexplainable stuff. When I was doing archaeology, we used to find stuff we couldn't figure out what it was. Like what? They just found, um, oh, I'll give you an example. Um, they found in Egypt, I did like the Western Mediterranean, or Eastern Mediterranean, excuse me, like sort of on the north side, like Turkey, Israel, around there. Um, but in Egypt, they have their own Egyptologists that work there. But um, they found these, uh, it looked like a brass needle. It was about eight inches long. It had a central air, uh, central like uh, spine in the middle that you could pull out. And they couldn't figure out what it did. They were pretty ornate, but it was made to be clean. It was made out of brass. They figured it was some sort of medical tool. Mm. They finally figured out that uh, it was a cataract surgery tool. Like they would pierce your eyeball behind, you know, your, you know, into the lens, and then pull out that central area so the so the, the bigger needle was hollow. And they'd suck out the cataract. Oh, my God. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that's great. That. Better than a torture device, which is where I was going. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. No, but I, I like I worked at Ephesus. Like, they had running water back then. I mean, Roman technology wasn't equaled until, like, 1900. I heard they had, like, so, a battery battery or something or a little computer. Oh, yeah. Too. And they find these, they call them the dodecahedrons or something. Like, it's like this box that's got 12 sides and has these yeah. knobs at the end what of it. What does that do? We still just don't think it does. Chad, what's your best guess for what that is i think it's probably something for spinning yarn or something like that uh uh, had, no, uh like, no, i, I like don't know i mean control. nah nah nothing like that but there's things i mean that travel really long distances the pyramids is a really good example of that um you know like you've got them in central america then you've got them in egypt and there's similar structures like on pacific islands and things like that then again, the most ancient civilization, the Sumerians, they didn't have like a why are we here dilemma. Like they actually thought that they were created by an alien race. Like they said this. Like the Scientologists. Because they live in our gravity. Yeah, they're called the Anunnaki. Well, that's, I mean, I, I would go for that. It seems to me that the fact that all these civilizations built similar structures, like you're saying, and similarly inventions throughout history seem to pop up around the same time all across the world, that maybe we're not actually as far apart as we think. I mean, maybe our minds exist on some kind of similar plane. Consciousness is poorly understood for sure. Well, these are thoughts we can just go down the rabbit hole forever. But I know, yeah, we'll it was do very, that. very fascinating, <laughs> and I appreciate you calling in. And please do so again, and and stay in touch on Twitter. Thank you, Chad, for calling in to the Dan Kingston podcast. Yeah, no problem, brother. Good luck. This is Kingston Country. So it looks like we're all right about that Iranian plane crash. At least, uh, it's very possible that it was both accidental and intentional. There are two missiles that were separated by 23 seconds apart. This is from reporting in the New York Times. Now, logically, it seems that the second missile was sent up for a deliberate reason. Okay, the first missile, yeah, I can understand it was a mistake, although the New York Times reports that the plane was climbing quick in a takeoff trajectory. There were 19 flights that took off before that. So why was this the one that confused them so much? And there was nothing particularly strange about the flight path. Again, according to the New York Times. After the first missile hits, 
Wouldn't you have somebody saying like, Mayday, Mayday, I'm getting shot with a missile. You'd think that the military base would be able to hear airline chatter or be able to switch their radio on and hear that. And if it was broken, maybe the, uh, the next guy had one that would work. I mean, somebody had to hear a pilot screaming. We've been hit. We've been hit. Uh, unless all their comms were busted. But then what's the point for a second missile? Because you'd seem to realize you made a horrible mistake, even without a pilot screaming. It seems that you'd see like, oh, that doesn't look like a, a cruise missile we hit. That's acting differently than a hit cruise missile. This looks, oh my God. And then they sent a second missile. And the horrifying thing that comes to my mind is that it was deliberately sent. The second missile was deliberately sent to silence the pilot and the passengers and those, those stories. Hey, you know, we got hit by an Iranian missile. They were hoping they could cover this up. I think the second missile potentially was sent to cover up the first missile. Okay. I understand 23 seconds isn't long, but it kind of is in a crisis where your adrenaline is pumping through your blood. Time freezes. At least it slows down. You can just imagine the horror. I mean, I can't imagine the horror on that airplane. 23 seconds before the second missile hit. After this happened, the people of Iran were pissed. Several protesters in Iran have been shot in the back, according to witnesses and videos. Ultimately, it's just more rationale for us to leave this awful desert hell. Let the Iranian government topple on its own. We're going to get sucked in this. And I really think we got to get the ground troops out of the Middle East before we get sucked in, whether it's Iran or Libya, or Syria, defend the Kurds, or what else happens over there is inconsequential compared to the North Korean and Chinese threat. And actually, more importantly, the threat of a decaying middle class here at home. Kingston Country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Dan Kingston here. Are you fed up with the mainstream media? Do you want to support citizen journalism? The Dan Kingston podcast is dedicated to asking questions and exploring topics the mainstream media won't touch. If you enjoy this content, would you help me give you even more for less than $1 a month? Yeah, less than $1 a month. You can help me do just that. And it's as easy as using Apple Pay or any credit card. And by the way, I'll be thanking sponsor names, your name, at the beginning of each podcast episode. So would you consider signing up for less than $1 a month? Find the link to become a sponsor in the description of this podcast episode or visit anchor.fm slash Dan Kingston. Thank you in advance for supporting citizen journalism and helping me provide you with even more content. I really appreciate it.